Hi, how are you? Um, yeah. Wow. Welcome. Welcome to the Gospel of Kennison, episode 152, brought to you the week of November 14th, 2021. Welcome to my personal audio journal, the personal audio journal of me, James Kennison, sponsored by our patrons. With special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and Wesley Gill, become a sponsor today. At patreon.com slash GOK. It is Sunday night. It is 9.06 p.m. in the central time zone. And I have finally talked myself into recording a podcast. Things have been really, really good since the last podcast. Up to a point. And, and, and I say that because sometimes when I don't record, it's because things are bad. But sometimes, sometimes I um, mispronounce my words, and other times I don't record because there's nothing to talk about because everything is is fine, you know. But uh, I w- I want to talk about the last couple of weeks, actually, this week and the week before, because maybe it'll help me organize in my mind why I'm not doing well right now. Um, cause I'm not, I'm not doing well and I had been doing great, like best I've been in years. Great. Like so great that I started praying for God to show me now that we're done with this, this depression thing, you know, start showing me what you want me to do with the rest of my life. And then, you know, boom, here's the reminder that you're still broken, screwed up. Okay, so, uh, things have been going great. Like I said, uh, the only, the only thing was, um, sleep, uh, in case this is your first podcast with me, I, I always like to be sensitive to new listeners. Um, I have depression and anxiety, major depression and major anxiety dis- disorders. And, uh, and they've, they've taken me from my job and from my lifestyle and, you know, changed a bunch of stuff about me and, and, and now I'm 48 and, uh, I'm just thinking maybe this is the rest of my life. This is the way it's going to be. Whereas just a few days ago, I was thinking, wow, wonder what the future holds. So like I said, things were getting great. Um, seeing the doctor once a month going in, getting checkups and all that good stuff. I don't know. There's no other way to him and haw around it. But you guys, I I might have talked about him. His name is Jarrell. And Jarrell was a part of my family for a little while, a few years back. He, I would pick him up from school every day. He'd come home, have a snack. And then we would work on his homework and we would read together 
I don't know if I ever talked about him. I probably did because we read Harry Potter together all the way through. And then we had a Harry Potter party for him after it was over. And he could care less about Harry Potter. I think he was so glad to be done with that stupid book. But um, Drell, uh, Drell got killed last uh, week, week, week ago, last week, week before that, right in there. He was shot. 19 um you know had had just moved out you know and just started living his life um i assume some some bad choices were made uh he was you know i i know ridiculously little about the details um I just heard that he was lured into an alley about three blocks from here, from where I live. And he was shot. Um, his mother said she saw the video. Somebody videoed it. And that there were nine shots or something like that. But So... It's tremendously sad. And and let me just say a few things about this. Uh, because, because of the way I used to think when I lived in rural Georgia, I know the way other people think when they hear a black teenager dies of gun violence. Because I've said it. I've thought it in the past. Long, long ago, before my experiences in life changed me, and that is, you know, let them kill each other off. Such a horrible thing to hear myself say out loud. You know, gun violence, at least at least they're killing each other off. Well, let me let me just tell you about the way life is in the inner city versus the way it is in the uh in the white world. In white world, if you steal somebody's girlfriend, you're probably going to get punched. And in the city, if you mess around with somebody's girl, you're you're going to get killed. And that's not fair. It's something that people, people the same color as me generally don't face. You know what I'm saying? It's just something we don't deal with. But that's, that's the way that world operates a certain portion of that world. So he was, he was, uh, he he was he was shot and it's sad and it sucks cuz i know his mom i'm good very tight with his mom and um he wasn't made for the inner city Jarrell wasn't made to survive 
the hood. He was too soft-hearted. I mean, I'll say it. He was silly. He was a goof-off. He was a goofball. Um, you know, you almost could have predicted it. That if he was going to play that game, it wasn't going to end well. But it, it still sucks. And it's still not fair. And it still ain't right. Because everybody makes mistakes between the ages of 16 and 25. Everybody screws things up. Everybody ruins their credit. Everybody goes out with the wrong person. And everybody hangs out with the wrong people and does the wrong things. Everybody makes mistakes. But not everybody dies for it. Most of us just have some embarrassing things or we can't go to our high school reunions because of it. You know, that's the worst that happens. So, um, I helped the family out by making some banners. Um, one of them said that, you know, basically you're gone, but, uh, you will, and all you are, and always will be loved. And it had a picture of Jarrell and then two more that said justice will be served. And that's a big deal. Um, the concept of justice in the black community is huge because they see so little of it. And it's funny. Um, I was having a conversation with a lady that I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and, and I happened to mention to her that, you know, we're just trying to get justice in this situation. Cause she was asking questions about a button I was wearing of, of, of him. And she says, uh, I said, you know how hard justice is to get? And she says, it's not hard. No, it's not hard if everybody wants it. And uh, I think she was high, actually, at the time. And yet her words were so profound to me at that moment. Um, justice is a big deal because the mom... Um, spoke up at the funeral and talked about her life before Christ and, and how, when she first heard about her son's death, she defaulted to that lifestyle, that lifestyle of vengeance about finding out who did it. She was ready to kill. Long story short, she I guess the Holy Spirit or God or Jesus or, you know, some combination of the three in one got a hold of her heart and she, um, she moved into wanting justice because, uh, vengeance is, you know, you hit me, I hit you harder then you hit me back and then I hurt you harder and then you hurt me back. And then we, it's a never ending cycle. Whereas justice is when things are put right or as close to right as possible. And she had such a piece about her. She did such a great job at the funeral, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. The, the hard part for, for, for my family is we had booked a vacation. 
Um, and we went to Florida. So my wife had us had a training there. And so she had a hotel paid for and they don't care if other people stay there with her. So we did. And we went to, um, went to Hollywood studios and then we went to animal kingdom and I was really nervous about the whole trip. I, you know, we'd known about it for, for months and, uh, told the kids and everything. And we ended up having to cut it a day short and come back. And it was actually cheaper to rebuy tickets to come back earlier than to change the tickets, which is insane. But anyway, um, came back early so we could be there for the funeral. But we got these two days and I was really nervous about it because in the past, um, theme parks have been a a big trial for me. They take a lot of energy and my wife usually ends up with the kids and I end up in the, in the room. But, um, magically somehow or another, I had the energy and I had the energy to get up early because the doors open 30 minutes earlier to people staying on campus. And we got to ride the star Wars rides, both of them before the park even properly opened. And we rode everything we wanted to ride. And around lunchtime, I told the kids I'm tired worn out. You guys go ride something. And I felt bad, but I sat there and ate my lunch. And then I walked around star Wars world a little bit more. And I headed on the boat back to the hotel. And not an hour later, they were there too, saying they needed a break. So I, I didn't let anybody down, you know, and I, and, and even me needing a break, I'm 48 there. There's 13 and 16, you know, they needed a break just an hour later than I did. So I felt good about that. I felt good about that. Now the next day I got up early. I, I actually was actually not required to get up early. Um, they went and, uh, it was raining all day and, uh, it was wet, but we had a good time. Uh, animal kingdom has the new, uh, Pandora world in it where, uh, camp Minnie Mickey used to be. And it was, it was very pretty and there's two rides. There's a boat ride which I was underwhelmed with, but it has the most amazing animatronic I've ever seen in it. And then, then it has a a fly on the back of a bird kind of ride, which was pretty epic. Um, so we, so we did that and, um, we ate dinner, you know, and had a good time. And, um, I hung out and stayed until they were ready to go as as well. And so I not only survived, I thrived in these situations, which is, which is great, which is, which is really good. Um, and then we, we got up at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday and, uh, had to be downstairs at three 30 for the for the magical express ain't nothing magical at three 30 in the morning. Let me tell you that. But we got on the airplane, waited through the longest TSA line 
literally that I've ever seen in my life. Why were so many people up at that hour? I don't know. But um, by 2 p.m., we were back, you know, at home, and I had taken us a, a nap on the plane, and we got ready, and we went to Jarrell's funeral. And his mother spoke, as I said before, and she did a great job. David, my friend, spoke, and he did a fantastic job. Um, and the family did a fantastic job. It was a small group of people, maybe about 56 to 60 people. And uh, it was a small room, I should say, full of people. And they opened the floor for stories. And sometimes that can get crazy and out of hand, but everybody was so good and quick and respectful of the time. Um, it was just, it was just a very organized and I, I think it was all Tiffany. It was all just the mood that she set. You know how you can go to a restaurant to same, same name on the door, but two different restaurants. And it's run two different ways because of the manage, management, you know, it's just a management style difference. I, I, I've been to so many funerals and so many times things have gotten out of hand emotionally where I would say people, uh, just lost it. And, um, to the point that they had no tact and were, and people excuse them and give them free reign because of the way they feel. But, um, that didn't happen here. And, it was refreshing. And I, I, I think you do the deceased a disservice when you show your tail, uh, trying to show off how, how sad you are or whatever. Um, I'm not saying people shouldn't be able to express their feelings. I'm saying that some people express their feelings, um, so that their feelings are felt. And that's not a time for that, you know? So anyway, ironically and crazily, after the service was over, we were supposed to go to a reception and Jen and I headed straight there because I heard there was not going to be much parking because it was in a strip mall kind of a place. So we parked across the street behind the bushes at the Save-A-Lot and we're sitting in our car and I hear five gunshots. It's not that weird to hear gunshots in St. Louis, especially where we were, but they were kind of close. I was like, Jen, those were gunshots. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, but what are you going to do? It's, it's like when you're driving and you see a sign that says rocks, you know, warning rocks, maybe falling. Like, thanks for the information, but what am I supposed to do with that? I, you know, if the rocks fall, I'm doomed, you know? And it's kind of like that with gunshots. You, you hear gunshots, you're like, oh, it's nice to know somebody's shooting, I guess, but you know, could, what am I supposed to do with that information? I, I, I have a thing to be at here. So anyway, then I heard five more shots and it was really close and very close, you know, very, uh, it was like, pop, 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 pop like like really close together and it was louder sounded like a bigger gun so i finally got out of the car and i stood up looked over the bushes and there are cars parked in the middle of the road and there are guys 
with AK-47s running through the parking lot shooting at each other. And my instinct was to duck. But then I, I realized behind what? This bush? Um, it threw me off because one of the guys was wearing a purple t-shirt and that is what I was wearing and what a lot of people were wearing to the funeral because it was um, Jarrell's favorite color. So immediately, um, my mind went to this has to be related to what happened to Jarrell because a lot of times it's not enough just to kill somebody. You have to drive home the point. Um, long story short, it turned out to be completely unrelated. Um, the guys eventually quit shooting, got in their cars and peeled out. It was something that started in an alleyway, kind of bled over into the parking lot of the place that we were supposed to go to. Then they went on about their business. And once they left, me and my wife got out of the car. We had food to bring in. So we brought it in and, you know, and told, called my, uh, my friend who had babies, little babies. And I was, I knew she was supposed to be there. And I'm like, Hey, uh, are you, are you here or whatever? And she's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm like, are you okay? She says, yeah, we heard it. We didn't see anything. We're way, we're way back in the back and, and the kids are in the bathroom. They're fine. I'm like, okay. Called my daughter, told her to let us know when she was 10 minutes away, just so we could tell her to stay or, or go. And we returned to life as normal. And it was so weird. So weird. Because we crossed the street right where I'd seen the guys running across and we turned in the potato salad, you know. Um, we had to go back across the street to get some more stuff. And that's when we got, I, I got a, not accosted, that's a strong word, but I got asked by a lot of curious people, uh, what, what had happened. And, uh, I told them, yeah, there's a shootout. And I said, you think it has anything to do with, you know, what the funeral you just went to? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. And, um, they said they were sorry for our loss and, you know, and, and I said, yeah, yeah, we're just looking for justice. You know how, hard justice can be to come by. And she said, no, not when we all want it. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was a, a moment of, uh, clarity in all the chaos. So, uh, we went inside and I blew up balloons and we, we hung banners and they prepared food and I played balloons with kids and I stayed uh, as long as I could. And I stayed longer than I would have normally because uh, I was tired. I was so tired. But I stayed longer because, you know, the safety thing. But several people convinced me that I looked like total crap and that I needed to leave. <laughs> so my eyes were all black and everything. So I, I left and came home and went to sleep. And um, for the rest of the week, uh, well, I had been praying. I've been, I'd been praying. I've been praying lately. 
giving it a shot, you know, see how it goes. And, and my prayers have been, you know, Lord, now that things are all fixed up and everything's great, you know, show me what you want me to do with my life. You know, now this season is seeming to come to an end and, and seemingly has come to an end. Uh, you know, what, what, what do we want to do next? You know, you know, is podcasting the thing? Is YouTube the thing? Is it something completely different? Is it a totally different thing? I'm up for whatever. Is it here? Is it somewhere else? You know, whatever. My prayers have been about my children, blessing, helping, blessing them and letting the Holy Spirit guide them and, 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 um, helping them to make good choices. My prayers have been for my wife that her job will be fulfilling and that I would be a good husband to her, that she would stay healthy and strong. My prayers have been with Jarrell's mother, that, that justice would be served, that her heart would be healed. Um, and that's pretty much when the bottom dropped out. Because the next day I get up and I feel like total crap. Now, now that I've said it all, and, and it's been a week, by the way, a whole week of that, just sleeping in till really late, sleeping all night too. Usually when I sleep in, I don't sleep at night, but I sleep in at night too. Being useless during the day, feeling like I should sit down and record every single time. I, I managed to do a red school bus on Tuesday. Couldn't pull it off to do it on, to do that story show on Thursday, scheduled it for Friday. Thought Friday would be better. Friday was no better. I knew it in the morning and I texted John and told him I, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. But somewhere in there managed to start a YouTube channel, brand new YouTube channel started playing video games. I, you know, just random, randomly had energy before the bottom fell out. But now that I've said all this and I've said it out loud, I think it's pretty obvious that I had a lot taken, a lot of energy taken, a lot of things that would cause anxiety that didn't. And maybe, just maybe, this week has been more about making up for that. I don't know. My wife even said she she admitted to it. She she never admits to sleeping ever because she sees sleeping as a form of weakness. But she's like, I laid down today and took a two hour nap. And I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of what Sundays are for. So I know, but I just you know maybe I'm still recovering from from this weekend. You know this this that week before. I said, yeah. Maybe that's my deal too. So I, I don't feel like I should be hard on myself, you know, and I'm not self-hating or anything like that. Like I have in the past. Um, I'm, I'm still fairly optimistic. I just really hate that. I missed two that story shows in a row, you know, and that I couldn't get it together for at least the hour and a half it takes to do the show. It, it really chafes me when I can't do podcasting. And I've mentioned that before. Like if there was a, another funeral to do and I couldn't do it, you know, that's understandable. It would suck really, really bad. But 
people would be like, well, dang, just what he's been through, you can't ask him to do it again. But when you can't podcast, it's pretty dumb. But anyway, I couldn't. I didn't. I hate it. But uh, it's a pretty drastic thing, you know, to happen. And I don't know what was worse, you know, because seeing people shooting at each other, you know, in the movies, it's all, first of all, it's, you know, handguns. I didn't know we had upgraded in the streets to, you know, rifles. But, uh, yeah, it was just weird. It was just weird. It was, it was like seeing a movie playing out in front of me people ducking behind cars weaving between them trying to get angles on somebody that i didn't see it was just three guys you know and one of them in purple and i'm thinking did i just go to a funeral with this guy so anyway i lost my glasses too (laughs) so it sucks my wife went to uh, Walgreens and got me a pair of readers and boy in high school we had a teacher that he wore these glasses that everybody called birth control glasses and I was so so young and innocent that I didn't know what they were what they meant and basically it meant if if you wear them you don't get um, you don't get sex (laughs) it's it's basically the the nicest way to say it so um, I now have some birth control glasses <laughs> that I wear and 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 I'm I I I uh I don't know. I I kind of think I'm going to stick with them because buying regular glasses is a lot of money and going to the you know eye doctor and and getting the lenses cut and and all this and I have to get transitions because I need to see far away and, and and I'm like for $10, I can just put these on whenever, but now I want to get one of those necklaces that go around your neck that have the rubber hoops on them, you know, that go around the ear pieces. That way I can hang around my neck like a proper oldie, like an old fogey because I don't need them all the time. I'm constantly taking them on and off, on and off, you know, cause I, I'm I'm looking at my phone and then Jen talks to me and I have to take them off because it gives me a headache because she's blurry. You know, so I don't know what I should do. Any input you have would be greatly appreciated. Do I spend hundreds of dollars to avoid looking like an old fogey so I could get some cool shades? Or do I stick with my $10 specs and, and pull them out only when I need to read a menu and when I need to check my phone? Or untie a twist tie on a paper on a on a on a bread bag you know i don't know oh i don't know but about the drill thing it just again again it's it's not fair it's not fair what black men have to go through the the lifestyle that they're born into the crap that they're expected to put up with and live up to I mean, his mother moved out of the hood so that he wouldn't get, because they were pursuing him. He wasn't even trying to be a thug. 
but they were forcing him and telling him they would kill him if he didn't join their gang. And she moved out of the city to a school that didn't have all that. And he still got drugged back in. I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't know enough about the stuff. My, my daughter knows more than I do. And she's the one that told me it was about some girl. And all I know is that the drama that happens between age 16 and 25 should not have the death penalty attached to it. You know? And, you know, the word I haven't said the whole time is gang or gang related. And that is because we only use that word if it's black boys involved. Because a group of white boys is a sorority or or a fraternity. I don't know what you call them. (laughs) It's just a, a gaggle of boys. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go with gang because I know they were supposed to be friends of his. I know that much. That's that. That's where the word lured came in. They lured him into an alley. He was trusting them. So, I don't know. It's just weird because we went to a candlelight vigil a couple nights after it happened at the location near or really close to the location where it happened. Um, and there was so many young people there and so many people smoking weed and vaping and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, with bottles of liquor out and, and I'm, I'm like, uh, there were, there was genuine, you could just tell by skimming the crowd who knew him and who loved him and who just hung out with him because there were real tears. And then there were people that were just slapping backs and hugging necks and, you know, yo, what's up? But I looked around and I'm like, you know what? In this group, there is a complete story of what happened that night. Somebody in here, well, several somebodies. There are there are people in here that know their part of the story and were it all put together, were it all told, the cops would be able to walk up and arrest the people that were responsible. Yet they come here as his friend and they say nothing. And that's where the injustice is. That's where I get mad. That's the emotion that leads beyond just sadness for me. Just simple, shallow relationships. You know, we all have them. But for Jarrell, like everything in this city, it cut a bit deeper. Cuts a bit deeper. Because that shallowness transforms into, uh, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get shot. I'm not risking my life. I'm not going to be a rat. So I don't know. Anyway, I hope it was worth the wait. Sorry I made you wait since October 4th. You know my goal is to do four of these a month, and you know I never make it. But that is the goal. But uh, sometimes when I'm feeling good, 
I don't want to do it because it's like, who cares what I have to say? Well, I don't, they don't, they don't want to hear me talk about stupid stuff. They just want to hear me talk about depression stuff. And then when I'm depressed, I'm like, nobody wants to hear a sad person talk on a microphone. But this was definitely show worthy. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? So Jarrell is not the only person of color that I've had to say goodbye to way too young. You guys have probably heard me mention other names and other people have done funerals and all kinds of stuff. Um, I'll just say this and cut it and then cut out is that the world, I'll, I'll just say the devil, the devil really hates young black men. And I, I believe that with all my heart. Uh, I've seen way too many young black men and pe- black people in general, but especially black men that have been killed just seemingly randomly in, in stupid ways. And I don't mean they were stupid. I mean, like, like, like I, I, my friend, Jeremy, who was in a car full of, he was driving a car load of friends and all his friends happen to be white. He gets in an accident. All of them walk away. He dies. That's stupid. So I've seen enough situations like that to where I know that if the devil hates them that much, there's got to be a really good reason. And I think I, well, I know it is, I know what it is. It's because they have the greatest potential. I believe that with all my heart, they have the greatest potential to change this world of any other type of person. Why else would the world be set up? to put them so far down from the moment they're born. So my prayers go out to all black men and the people that love them, that God would protect them, keep them safe, help them make good decisions. But beyond that, beyond that, Help them to know what to do and protect them when their their choices don't even matter. When other people are trying to make decisions for them. Like somebody made a decision about Jarrell's life. They decided his life would end. And Jarrell didn't know anything about that. hope all you guys are doing well hit me with an email if you want to we're doing a thing on that story show where i'm trying to get a bunch of patrons by december 30th um i've added a one dollar tier and a three dollar tier along with our five dollar tier and up to try to warm the pot a little make the contest a little more accessible uh if if we achieve our goal of a hundred patrons by the end of the year. I promise to shave my head. 
my wife is not excited about this, <laughs> but I, uh, I don't care. Some people have freaked me out though and said, what if it doesn't grow back? And I'm like, eh, of course it'll grow back. I shave my face and it grows back. But you know, if it doesn't, then it's for a good cause. So anyway, um, God bless you guys. Hug the people that you love. And, uh, yeah, say a prayer for me too, if you don't mind. Cause I, I want to get better. I'm not going to stop until I'm better. I'm not going to give in, give up. I'm going to fight this thing. Never going to be satisfied to be half of me, you know, just some former shadow version of what I was. I mean, that's what I had begun to believe is that I, I realized that what I did believe was that my best days were behind me, that my glory days were in the past. But what if, what if I could hold out hope that something even better could be ahead? You know, I just assumed I would grow old and, and deal with this, but I was starting to have hope that maybe, maybe there was something more. Maybe I could return to some sort of normal or maybe even better than normal. But, you know, right now, I feel like crap. Right now, I have no energy. Right now, all I want to do is sleep. Right now, I'm, I, I, I don't feel happy enough to podcast. So, anyway, um, join me on Facebook. If you want to facebook.com slash group slash NLcast, it's a great community of pif- of people. I wanted to say folks, but people came out and so it came out neither. Uh, I have a Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash NLcast. Instagram, instagram.com slash NLcast. Are you seeing a, a pattern here? Twitter, twitter.com slash NLcast. And if you want to bless me. Bless me, people, on Patreon. You can do that. Patreon.com slash GOK. Appreciate um, our all of our all of our people on Patreon. Might as well read them all. Carrie, Carrie, Wesley, Julie, My, Myla, Mila, Peter, Tanner, Aaron, Janusz, and Lucas. The biggest giver of all time, Carrie Wright. Second place, Carrie Bernhardt. Third place, Julie Ann Peterson. Thank you, guys. We'll see you hopefully next week with uh, better news and better, better life. You know? Hope you guys are doing well. Take care. Peace out.